Guys, guys, I don't have a clever intro. Oh, uh, dude, no. <laughs> Been too long. We're out of practice. Um, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just skip to the start. Okay. Okay. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 259, for the week of Wednesday, the 8th of February, 2017. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Scott. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and Davy Boy's Toys. And, of course, actionfigurebluz.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the McFarlane Toys, Colour Tops Daryl Dixon Action Figure, the SH Figure Arts Black Lady, and the Kotobukiya Artifacts Sinestro and Bizarro Statues. It's it's been ages. I, I think I'm out of practice. Hey, yeah. What is this thing? Is this on? Hello, hello. <laughs> Adam, Adam, are you still with us? Yeah, no. I, I vaguely remembered who I am and my name. <laughs> this is all, all very I'm weird. On I, purpose. <laughs> I feel like I haven't spoken to you guys in ages, no. uh, Mister Scotty. How how are you, dude? I'm good. I'm uh, <laughs> like it's all happening, man. The the year started and you know, had a holiday and then got back to work and quickly felt like I'd never had a holiday um, and been all over Australia and it's all good. And the main thing that's happening in my life at the moment is that we're uh, buying a horse. Ooh. Hot damn. Are you, uh, are you going into like prepper mode and, and like preparing <laughs> for the end of fossil fuels as we know it and – my, my um, youngest daughter, who is about to – will be 14 shortly, is a very keen horse rider, and she has been riding for six years and been competing. And we've been very fortunate in that uh, she has been uh, riding somewhere where her school has a equestrian program. And so um, she has a horse that she has been riding that uh, is the school's horse, but it's her competition horse, and but she is uh, growing out of him. And so, yeah, so we had to make the decision this, we, we made the decision that, okay, this year will, you know, be the year and we've started that process and we may have found the one we have to do a couple of things to, um, decide uh, for sure. But, um, yeah, so we've been told by her instructor who is helping us, this looks good, but don't fall in love yet. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's been lost already, but yeah, so yeah. it's kind of you know exciting and scary. Wow. Yeah, it's How exciting. I know. So, so there'll, be a, there'll be an adjustment to your lifestyle then. Oh, ah, nice, I see nice. what you did there. Yeah, so oh, there's a. I've um, been saving that one up for like two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, I mean, like, I, I it, it's it really is like her passion, and she's good at it. She enjoys it, and I would much rather spend a bit of money on um letting her pursue that than um having her just turn boy crazy so, <laughs> you know, 
Um, <laughs> good work, good yeah, work. Yeah, so, you know, it's all, there's all a plot to it. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Watch this space. How exciting. Yeah. Well, Mr. Adam, uh, are you adding... I just want to go back to horses there. So it's okay. not like a bicycle where you can take the wheel off, keep the frame, and just put a bigger wheel on. <laughs> unfortunately, just clarify no. that one for the reason. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, no. It's um, they measure horses in hands. It's like it's a really funny thing. So you know, you're hot because my, my um wife, her family are all giants, right? And so <laughs> my 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 youngest, who is not fourteen yet, is going to be taller than me by the end of the year. Um, and she, you know, she's got like lo- really long legs and um, there's like um, tall, tall young lady. So she H- Hector, the horse that she's been riding, who is I think he's 18. Like he um, still still a good horse, but he is she's just going to physically grow out of him this year. So mm-hmm. um, and probably in terms of what she wants to do in her competing as well, he's he's kind of at the limit of what he can do and so yeah i guess this is but then you know the 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 double bonus is then uh some other rider who doesn't have a horse yeah will get to ride him and so which will be fantastic so yeah wow i know very nice so mr adam have you uh added any new animals to your menagerie uh, no, no, we haven't. We have um, had rabbits vaccinated, and that's about all on the animal front. I have started <laughs> considering a new career, though. Oh. I'm not sure that this career exists. The career is a uh, a men's women wear model. Or actually, <laughs> more specifically, what? a men's women's underwear model. I'm pretty sure it's going to take off, and uh, I might have to produce <laughs> my own line of, of mangerae to go with it. But uh, we'll see what mangerae. happens. Mangerae. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, look, uh, you know, in in this post postmodern world, um, I think that you know that is totally possible. Yeah, that's right. I'm just I'm just worried about the body shaming already. So um, I haven't even like established this is going to be a career or it even exists. But you know, I'm pretty sure the haters will be out in force. Yeah, true. Well, someone's got to lead it. So yeah, my my, um, my dream career is that I want to be the person that names all of the products at Aldi. Because, you, know, okay. like, you know, how they, they you know, they, they don't make anything. They Other people make it and they, you know, buy it, that sort of thing. So they'll, you know, some, someone say, well, you know, you make us a line of margarine or whatever. And so then they get to call it whatever they want. And I think that would just be an awesome job. It's like, let's call hmm. it Mrs. Fanworth's butter spray. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Like, so, that, yeah, I'm hanging out for that one to come available. I think I that'd be, be uh, I just want to be a government-sanctioned hitman. Like watch, Iron Man or... or I like watch too many movies. movies. Yeah, you watch too many movies, yeah, for sure. Well, I probably do. Uh, you know, the way the world's going at the moment, I wouldn't um, rule that out as uh, occupation mm. for the future. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, Trump might be hiring. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Mm, okay, let's not get into politics. No, or, no. or the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's right. The who? <laughs> the football team. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think maybe a little bit of background might be in order. And uh, if you're relatively new to the Action Figure Blues podcast, um, this episode is going to be a little bit different to what we have been doing in the past. 
Um, if you have listened about in the last five or six episodes, you'll know that uh, we've been doing things a little bit differently lately, and that's because with our 250th episode, we decided to have a bit of a break. We've been going pretty hard for five years to make the show weekly, and uh, it does actually take a little bit of a toll, as much as we love doing what we do and we love hearing from uh, from our listeners. Um, we decided to take a break, and in some really weird parallel universe, we've managed to somehow stay weekly uh, since we decided to have a break, yeah. um, which is really bizarre. Worst break uh, and ever. He- yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> worst, worst hiatus ever. Yeah. Let's let's have a hiatus from a weekly show and yeah. let's keep doing stuff keep weekly. Doing <laughs> yeah. I don't want to take um, a gap year with you guys ever. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what we have been doing is taking the opportunity to throw together random pieces. Uh, many thanks to the wonderful Eddie for putting together some random really pieces. Um, yes. <laughs> putting together some uh, some fun stuff to fill in the gaps. Um, you know, we certainly are enjoying the break, but at the same time, we really miss doing what we do. So that's why the three of us are here tonight is to talk about stuff because we love stuff. So what we have for you tonight is three toys of the week, as you probably heard from the intro. And uh, some of our usual uh, segments will be back uh, later on when we get our act together. And uh, in the meantime, enjoy this randomness that we're putting together. And I, I think normally I'd say something like, let's get started with some articulated news. But yeah. we're not doing articulated but news. Before before we um, <laughs> do jump into the reviews, because we're totally out of practice with this thing, we didn't ask you how, how you are. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, oh, well, you know, I'm fine in the scheme of things. I, uh, I, I, I can't complain. My, uh, my, my leader is sane and... Uh, um, Three days into the school year, one of my children broke her arm. So uh, we were discussing before the show that the, the, my kids were starting to get bored and they missed their activities, their gymnastics and their ballet and all that sort of thing. And my wife and I were telling them that, you know, you only do those during the school term. Uh, and because they were missing them, they were busting to get back to school. So, of course, school started and everyone was very excited because we could go back to activities. And one of my six-year-old um, she's a twin, was so excited at the idea of going back to gymnastics. She just absolutely couldn't wait to, to do gymnastics on Saturday. And on Thursday, she fell off the monkey bars and snapped a bone in her arm. Oh. So, And she's now, now in a cast for five weeks. <laughs> oh. But she's an absolute trooper. I think the highlight was when uh, the nurse was putting a temporary cast because they were doing surgery the next morning. Uh, a a male nurse walked past and he saw the x-ray that the, the nurse was using as reference and he said, is that hers? And I said, yeah. And he went, wow, that's a, an awesome break. And I said, no, that's pretty impressive. And he went, she's okay. She's just kind of sitting there you know, happily staring and looking around and watching what the nurses are doing. And I said, yeah, there's been no tears. There's been no distress. And he said, oh, I tell you what, I wish I could pick her up take her out into the waiting room where all those adults are out there moaning and complaining and uh, tell them what a bunch of sluts they are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the men with the proverbial man flu, you know, carrying on about how tough they're doing it. And, oh, uh, yes, she just sat there like a trooper. So. That's so cute. Yeah, so she's getting spoiled now. So no, I suppose no um, you know, breaking something, having a cast at the start of school is better than having a cast at the start of holidays mm. for, the, for the kid, at least. You know, like yes, <laughs> yes, 
So, but you know, having uh, been at the hospital, it's a bit of an eye opener as to just uh, how many people are doing it tough. So, yeah. in, in the scheme of things, we really can't um, can't sort of complain that we're you know we, we've got things bad. So she's going to be fine. Surgery went well. We live in Australia, so it didn't cost us anything. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Oh dear. All right. Well. We're going to kick the show off with our first Toy of the Week. Yay! I'd like to have a calm discussion on this topic. Do you think we can manage that? Well, now we're about to head into our first Toy of the Week. Uh, as you've been told repeatedly, this is our, our first of three, and so we'll hand over to Ben to kick us off. Well, thank you kindly, sir. Uh, I am looking at the Colour Tops Daryl Dixon action figure. Uh, this one actually caught me completely by surprise. I was wandering through a uh, pop culture outlet, uh, and this guy was on the shelf staring right at me. Uh, I didn't have him on pre-order or anything like that. He, uh, he was just right there. Um, and I actually didn't realise that the McFarlane collar tops had actually sort of made their way to Australia. I thought it was something that was still, um, you know, a US release and, and no one had actually picked up here. Uh, so I was pleasantly surprised to actually... Um, to see this guy. So color tops, uh, I do remember we talked about these in the news of a previous episode, and this is McFarlane toys attempt to sort of get back into that uh, seven inch scale line of action figures and, and compete with the likes of Necker and whatnot. And uh, it took us a bit to understand exactly what color tops meant, but the packaging for these things uh, actually has a certain, oddly enough, color to it to indicate the the type oh. of media that it actually comes from. So anyway, I'll get to the packaging uh, in a minute. And uh, so this is The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, our favourite crossbow, um, non-smiling, uh, you know, um, zombie hunter now, from now, The Walking Dead. Now basically non-speaking. <laughs> yes, I, ho- I hope yeah. he doesn't get paid by the line because he doesn't yeah. say anything anymore. It drives me crazy. Anyway, it's around the sad. So, yeah, so the, the, the line is called Colour Tops. It is from McFarlane Toys, and this particular one refers to AMC's The Walking Dead, and it's Daryl Dixon. Um, this is a 2016 release. I think he came out just before Christmas, and uh, I happened to pick him up when I ran into him. As I said, this is a 7-inch scale figure. Uh, interestingly, he is just under 7 inches tall. He's about 17.5 centimetres, so he's actually a pretty well in scale with uh, the various Necker figures. I um, did a bit of a measure, and uh, he looks quite good in amongst those. So nice to know. Um, it's good, you know, I know McFarlane is not particularly good at listening to fans when it comes to things like articulation, but uh, the fact that you know he does actually scale up with what people already have in their collection is is really good, and I'm, I'm glad somebody was paying attention um, in the boardroom that day. So I'm, I'm very pleased that he actually fits in with stuff that I already have. Now. I I paid about thirty Australian dollars for this guy, so that's about twenty two fifty US. But I think that the general kind of retail price on this guy is about twenty US dollars. So have a bit of a, a look around. So again, that's pretty comparative to similar things from Necker. Uh, in terms of packaging, back to what I was talking about at the beginning, uh, this is a standard window box like you would find on a Hasbro Star Wars Black or, or even a Marvel Legends. Um, it is uh, probably closer to the Star Wars Black because it is that 
rectangle, so uh, there's no uneven sort of edges. It's a nice shape and sort of stacks well if you aren't putting them on display. As far as I'm concerned, this should be the future of action figure packaging. I think the days of Diamond Select and their gigantic, um, ridiculous mm. clamshell mm. packaging is, is, you know, well and truly um, overdue for retirement. Uh, this Amen. works really well. You've got the the window on the side as well that you can see in. Um, what's nice is you actually get a, a big photo of Daryl in the bottom left corner uh, that takes up a little bit of the packaging. But what they've actually done quite cleverly with the tray, the plastic tray that sits inside, is he comes with a stand, and the stand, in order to sort of fit it into the packaging, is actually in the bottom left corner, so it's hidden nicely behind the photo. Uh, of Daryl. So um, that's actually quite impressive in terms of uh, the design. So um, I think what I also really like about this packaging is it's very different to anything else that's out there at the moment. So this stood out to me straight away when I saw it on the on the shelf. I knew what the Color Tops packaging looked like, um, and so it, it really jumped out at me. Uh, so it's really obvious the, the branding is quite clear. It actually says Daryl Dixon right next to his uh, his image. You've got the AMC Walking Dead up the top. Uh, McFarlane's name appears all over the place uh, on the packaging. Uh, however, what isn't obvious is who sculpted it. There's no mention whatsoever of the creators uh, involved in the figure. Uh, one frustrating thing is on the back it actually says Daryl Dixon, number six, and it's um, one of eight. So no mention as to who the other seven are. Um, obviously, you can go to the website that's listed here to find out, but there's nothing else that indicates you know who else is in the series. Um, what is interesting is when you look at the Color Tops branding, so you've got this kind of uh, coloured stripe type thing across the top, which I can't really pick the colour. It's, it's not red. It's kind of a rusty brown sort of colour. And I have actually since picked up another figure from a video game line, which is blue. So I'm assuming that each of the colours represents a different media type because on the side of the box uh, in the sort of the, that rusty brown colour, there's actually what I guess you would call, you know, the silhouette of a TV screen. Um, you know, for all I know, it's, you know, the international symbol for television or, or whatever. So I think this, you know, I, I think this does indicate that the rusty brown colour is actually... TV properties. So uh, I can see why you'd think that, but looking on the website, it doesn't seem to bear any relation to anything. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it looks like a TV with you know a modern sort of uh, LCD screen with a stand. So uh, I don't know. I actually had. Uh, I was going to say, I wonder if I've got my Gears of War figure here that I could actually have a look to see if there's a console symbol on the side. But anyway, uh, packaging's not bad. On the back, you get uh, various poses of the figure. There's a couple of close-ups. Um, plus, you know, the front and back of the figure that shows some of the accessories as well. Lots and lots of graphics and writing and crap like that. Obviously, it's an international package because it's in several languages as well. So um, nice and easy. Uh, plastic tray inside. You just sort of cut the tape on the bottom and the tray slides out. Um, interestingly, Daryl's actually held in by one of those crappy twist ties, which I think are, are redundant now uh, because when I took the twist tie off and then tried to get him out, I still couldn't get him out. He was in there so tight. It's one of those plastic trays where uh, the plastic mold, the molding of the tray actually comes up over the head. So, you know, you can't just lift his head straight out because the, the tray is actually in the way. So uh, there was no way this guy was ever going to move. So I think the little plastic thing is, is kind of redundant. Um, all the accessories are held in with a little bit of tape, which is quite good. They all fit quite nicely. There's none of that uh, business about, you know, the tray being not quite the right size for the accessory, so it gets bent in half. It's all uh, quite a nice fit. Um, you know, you get Daryl out, and he's uh, 
it takes quite, I was actually worried I was going to destroy the tray. He was in uh, that tight. So he comes out. And in terms of a sculpt, um, look, I think, you know, we all know that this is what McFarlane really is known for. Sculpting is is quite their thing. He was the guy that kind of revolutionised action figures in terms of that realism. Um, there's no exceptions here. This is absolutely exquisite in terms of sculpt. Uh, the the clothing, the way they've done the wrinkles and drapery uh, in his outfit is just absolutely spot on. He's got that kind of uh, very, very wrinkled shirt under his leather vest uh, that has all the uh, wrinkles galore in it. Same with the jeans as well. It's really, really nicely done. Uh, I think the sculpt represents his slim build really, really well. He does actually have that sort of skinny feel to him. Um, the portrait is really, really well done. Uh, it's even got that really bloody annoying hair that's always hanging in his face. So I think, you know, the one thing that would be happening in the zombie apocalypse for me is I'd be shaving my head. Um, <laughs> it infuriates me to no end when in every episode, Daryl's got this, like, wet, stringy hair oh. constantly hanging in his face, and I just go, why doesn't the guy just slick it back or shave his head or... Anyway, um, you, you lift up the strands of hair hanging in his face and you can see the eyes uh, a bit better, and, yeah, they've actually done a good job on the portrait. Um, I think it matches... Uh, the actor quite well. So I, I don't really have any problems whatsoever with the sculpt. It's it's really nicely done. There's a lot of detail. Even the bottom of the shoes actually have tread sculpted into them. So I can't say I've ever paid any attention to Daryl's boots, but um, it does actually have tread uh, on the bottom. So, you know, they haven't really spared any expense there. Even uh, things like the bandana that hangs down the back has got, you know, a bit of detail in it. The wings on the back of his vest are actually sculpted. They're not just um, painted on, so that's actually really nice. And there's a lot of really clever detail in things like the hair as well, like the strands are really nicely done. So, yeah, amazing stuff. I, I just I have no complaints. Even things like the accessories, the crossbow, there's a lot of detail going on uh, in that piece. Now, in terms of paint, um, I guess you wouldn't probably think there's a lot going on here because he's got pretty much that same dirty grey black outfit happening um but wow there's a real there's a lot of apps happening here obviously you've got the original color but um you know how daryl always looks dirty and grimy like he hasn't had a shower since the 90s um that's actually replicated here quite well. You can see that uh, he hasn't actually been cast in a particular colour for the arms that I can tell. I think there's kind of an original sort of... Oh, actually, yeah, looking at one of the pegs in his shoulder, I think that he was actually cast in a, uh, a skin tone, but they've added numerous levels of sort of dirt and grime to that. There's blood splatters on his hand and whatnot. But then... Every piece of clothing has a number of sort of washes or dry brushes over it to sort of bring out the highlight. In fact, looking at his jeans, which are sort of a black colour, it looks like they've used both a grey and a bit of a, a brown to sort of uh, dry brush over the uh, denim material to make it stand out. The boots uh, are much the same. There's a, a dark brown that have then been uh, dry brushed with a light brown. So uh, quite a, a bit of detail there. There's an obvious paint app for the wings on the back of his vest. It's been done in sort of an ivory colour. Um, so, yeah, actually quite impressive. It's just, I guess it's got that kind of dirty paint feel that sort of NECA figures have as well that doesn't have that really, well, I was going to say up until recently, that really sort of clean feel that, say, a Marvel Legends figure does, but that's kind of, um, you know, what you'd expect from McFarlane. So, yeah, uh, I'm really quite impressed on that. Everything, you know, is as it should be. There's actually, there's not a lot of opportunity for slop. I think, like, the, the buckles on his vest have got little silver paint dabs and, you know, they don't look like they're badly applied or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually quite impressed with that. 
Um, articulation. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> Next. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was actually thinking in the way we actually do our reviews, and I thought, you know, do do I take points off of a figure because of poor articulation if I know going into the purchase of the figure that articulation is not going to be good? I mean, you know, am I am I sort of um, being a bit too harsh uh, knowing that I'm buying a McFarlane figure which is not known for articulation um, and then criticising it for, you know, what I expect it to be? So I was having a bit of a think about that as I was unpackaging him and then I was actually pleasantly surprised that he actually has more articulation than I thought. Uh, in fact, I think I counted 17 points of articulation, which, you know, by Marvel Legends standard is, you know, not much, but uh, is considerably more than what I expected. Uh, not sure what's going on in the neck joint, but I've certainly got the ability to tilt the head up and down a little bit. His hair, um, you know, ends up sort of rubbing against the collar, but certainly the left and right articulation is considerable. Um, then we get to the, the sort of ratchet joints in the um, in the arms, and I can actually lift the, the arms up both laterally and sort of front and back, so there's some good sort of movement there. There's a bicep um, cut at the elbow. It's that joint that I really don't like um, that allows you to, to kind of swing the forearm out, um, but there's no sort of vertical movement, so his arms are bent in an L shape, and you, you, you can't do anything with them other than swing those uh, forearms around. Uh, there's a cut joint in each wrist. Um, the most awkward one of all is there's obviously uh, a cut joint for a waist, and, you know, there's definitely articulation at the waist. But when I turn it, I can turn it probably half a centimetre in either direction. Like, it's it's literally the worst articulated waist I've ever seen. Um, and I'm, I'm still trying to work out. I, I think it's because his shirt is rubbing on the side of his pants and it's stopping it from going any further. But uh, I'm sitting there going, why would you even bother? Like, uh, it serves no purpose whatsoever. Um, it's really quite bizarre. Uh, in the hips, there's actually a couple of cut joints that allow you to sort of rotate the legs. Uh, nothing in the knees at all. But in the feet, we actually get both the ankle rockers and the sort of lateral movement up and down. So there's two types of articulation in the ankles. Um, what does that all mean? Uh, I guess, you know, what it means is there is scope there to move things around a little bit, but because of the nature of the sculpting and the way things are done, uh, particularly in the pants, if you actually turn the legs, you know, you rotate them a little bit too far, it looks awkward because the drapery doesn't match up anymore uh, and it feels a bit off, like the seam down the side of his jeans, etc. So you find yourself naturally sort of turning the leg back to where it should be. Um, the ankle joints are good because just getting him to stand. So, you, you know, you've got a bit of movement there and, and making sure he can stand. But what it does mean is that his feet are very close together and... Then I started playing with the arms and, you know, I can rotate the wrists a little bit and I can move those arms out a little bit, but you can't really do much with them beyond what you would actually expect. It's it's almost like he's actually sculpted to hold, hold that crossbow at a very relaxed uh, position as if he's, you know, He's got it ready to shoot, but he isn't actually aiming at anything just yet. And so, yeah, you can kind of move the crossbow around in his hands a little bit, but 
really you do just end up coming back to that same, you know, generic pose. Same goes for the head. I mean, you know, you can have him sort of awkwardly looking off to the right, but, um, you know, you do end up sort of turning his head back to looking in the direction that he's holding the crossbow. Um, so I guess, you know, there is flexibility there, but eh, ultimately it's it's for nothing. So, um, but I guess that's kind of what I expected with a, a McFarlane piece anyway. So it is what it is. Uh, in terms of accessories, you know, there's a few good bits and pieces. You get the crossbow, which is pretty good. A lot of nice detail on that. It's got the camouflage um, detailed paint job, so it's nice that they've made, made an effort. Uh, a lot of figures these days come with accessories that are just sort of cast in one colour, and obviously all the paint apps go into the figure. Um, he's got a knife that slips into a scabbard that is on his right hip. Um, it's nice. The, the knife's well done, looks good. Uh, it goes into the scabbard quite easily. But then there's really no point to it. Um, he can't hold it. Like he's got his right hand is sculpted to, to hold a pistol grip and his left hand is sculpted to hold the front of the crossbow. So there's really no hand to put the knife in to look, you know, anything but a bit awkward. I mean, I guess you can rotate the left hand around a bit and try and get a knife in his hand. But it comes back to like, well, why didn't they just sculpt it as part of the scab and just leave it? Um, to me, it's something that will probably just get lost. Um, there is a nifty little uh, extra in there in terms of you get a rotted zombie uh, head that is attached to um, part of a spine. Um, some really, you know, it's pretty sort of gross, this you know spinal column with a head on the end. Um, it's particularly kind of rotted and there's lots of nice paint apps to make it look very visceral. Uh, nothing jumps out at me as going, oh, yeah, that's actually from episode X. Um, I don't know what sort of prompted this particular piece. It's a bit kind of odd, like he can't hold it. There's nowhere to really put it on the base. It just kind of exists. Uh, so, look, I appreciate them throwing it in. It's a nice little extra, but it doesn't really sort of fit with anything to do with the figure. Um, the base is actually really nice. It's a good sort of pedestal base. He's, uh, there's obviously a foot peg. His right uh, foot has a peg hole ready for that. When you put him on, he's kind of standing nicely in the middle. However, it features the usual uh, thing that frustrates me to no end, and that is a great big name plate on the front that says the AM, uh, AMC, The Walking Dead. Um, and, you know, as I've said time and time again, I don't need you to tell me that. I know who it is, and anyone who visits my house that doesn't can just ask me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, look, with those ankle rockers, he does actually stand pretty well on his own so i think um you know if you wanted to sort of space your figures out a bit the stands would actually be quite good uh but for me since he does stand without the base i'd quite happily leave that in the box so overall um look i actually think he i think he exceeded my expectations i i didn't um, you know, I think the sculpt was a lot better than I thought once I got him out of the packaging, looking at, you know, being able to sort of rotate the figure and, you know, see the wings on the back of his vest, which is actually a separate leather piece, by the way. So the vest is actually like a rubbery material over the top. I haven't actually tried to get it off him, but I suspect if you really, really wanted to, you could probably even get that vest off and have him just wearing his, um, his shirt with the cut off sleeves. Um, and I mean, you know, great sculpt, great paint. Really, you know, for the price, I think um, McFarlane has uh, has really sort of made a, a nice entry into the seven inch market again. So, I think I'm probably going to give this guy nine out of ten dollars. Huh. Cool. I have seen these in person, and I think they look fantastic. I think that you know, for me, I, I don't really get why McFarlane um, 
does not want to come to the articulation game. Um, mm. Because I looked at these and thought, ooh, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just, and, and I'm not even, you know, the biggest articulation junkie, that sort of thing. But when you have them kind of stuck in a very distinct pose, then, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not an action figure. Anyway, but I, the, I think they yeah. look fantastic. Yeah. They're a huge step up from the five-inch stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a really good point. I'm a member of a few Facebook groups like um, Articulated. Oh, I forget the name of it, but there's a lot of people who post very, very clever uh, photos of their their action figures in, in, you know, fight scenes and things like that. And, you know, articulation plays a huge part in being able to get some very impressive photos um, and, you know, th- these figures won't lend themselves to anything unless you, you do a bit of a mood shot um, and have Daryl standing with his crossbow at ease, you know, and a couple of dead zombies on the ground. There's there's not much going on. Uh, you know, I've seen McFarlane interviewed where he says collectors don't care about articulation. What they want is really good sculpts. Mm. So he's obviously got that sort of opinion and he's, he's sticking with it. Um, I think the funny anecdote about this series is I, I happen to get in to the shop when they had actually filled the shelves. So they had four or five boxes of these figures out um, and I, I picked him up and they haven't um, gone crazy with the the rest of the cast. They're actually spreading it around a bit. Um, and within about two weeks, all the, the Daryls and everyone were gone. Um, and, and since then I was in um, the shop, I think about, Oh, about four or five days ago, and there's about six Travis Manoirs yeah. uh, sitting on the shelf from Fear the Walking Dead, and they're yeah. just not moving. Yeah. And I'm thinking, poor Travis, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll pick him up when he goes on clearance. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, very good. So, yes. Very nice. Very good. Well, thank you for that, Ben. And when we come back, we'll move on to our second Toy of the Week. And now it's time for our second toy of the week, and Adam has that privilege. So over to you, Adam. Thank you, Scott. Well, this week I'll be uh, talking about something that's not Dragon Ball Z related, which what? is vaguely interesting. I know, right? <laughs> it's still figure arts, though. I quit. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've gone for the um, SH Figure Arts Black Lady. Black Lady is a, um, a Sailor Moon character. I've not oh. got that far in the series yet, but... Essentially, it's um, Sailor Chibi steps through a time-space door and is transformed by evil people into a more adult version of herself. As you do. Why did that happen? Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. just call that Wednesday. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, which obviously turns her into a villain. Uh, this is therefore the first and so far only villain character we've had in the Sailor Moon line. Um and it also explains why she looks like a kind of adult version of Sailor Chibi in terms of the, the hairstyle and the pink hair and whatnot. Um, so this one was released last year. I got mine last year. It is an action figure. It went for about $53 US uh, at the time. Mine cost me $53 US plus postage plus $20 additionally that I'll come to um, when we talk about articulation. So... Yeah, so packaging was more or less the usual in terms of figure arts. There's, I think, two or three trays total in this, 
Um, there's one for the main figure and accessories. There's one that has her sash, and I think the final one had, I'm trying to think, uh, probably flight, uh, figure stand or something like that. Anyway, it was, it's a very large box. Um, the front has the kind of cartoon-fired picture of the figure itself, all the other pictures on the box of the actual figure. Um, but the picture on the front of the box actually obscures most of the accessories, which is not the most useful thing ever. Um, yeah. So I wasn't overly impressed with that. The size of it is kind of what it is, but I don't think it really needed to be quite as big as all that. Um, but fine, whatever. Um, it's obviously the standard you can window box. You can, you know, open things up and take everything out, take out the trays, take everything out of the trays, put everything back and, and keep going when you're done with it. The sculpt. So I don't have any major issues with the sculpt. Um, it's not the best character design you've ever seen in the world, so it's not going to be the most exciting sculpt in the world. Uh, the, the sash is a separate piece. Um, you have to attach that basically directly to the figure stand via a clip. The figure itself with the – there's a, a slitted black dress, so the slits down the side of the, the figure. It has some implications in terms of the ability to do the Elaine Bennis dance. Um, which is, you know, yeah, I don't like that restriction, but sure. Um, That's like your signature benchmark, isn't it? Look, if it's a female, yeah, a female figure should be able to do the Elaine Bennis dance. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but the hair doesn't restrict that at all, so that's fine. Um, The heels are the the standard for Sailor Moon figures in terms of that they're high heels and therefore difficult to balance without a flight stand. Uh, other than that, it's a pretty good figure. Um, the dress is sculpted, so it's kind of an evening gown looking thing. And the um, kind of, I'm trying to work out what that would be, is it like chiffon looking kind of stuff that, you know, vaguely see through um, sleeves and decolletage area of the dress um, are done in a slightly different shade of uh, pink, well, a massively different shade of pink to the, the rest of the figure's skin tones. Um, so the paint, Apps I didn't have any issue with. I thought they were all fine. The chiffon looking or whatever that that kind of material is, that's fine. Um, It works as far as I'm concerned, so I'm not upset about that. Uh, The sash I thought was a good touch. I thought the hair is done well. It's actually got highlights in it, which is something we've been missing from a lot of figure arts lately. Um, So the paints are all fine with me. And then we get into articulation. So this figure comes with um, one set of accessories that I really, really wanted to set it up with, which is a badminton racket and shuttlecock. And I don't get to say that very often about a figure. (laughs) Now, the way I always, I I taught myself by the end of my badminton playing days was to serve backhand. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have a serve backhand because that's just how I played badminton. And so I got the shuttle set up and I got the hand set up and I got the racket in. I'm like, yeah, I need to, you know, I'm going to make it accurate. You've got to have kind of rotated at the waist to line up with your legs a bit more. And to do that, I had to bend the wrist back a little bit more and a little bit more, mm. and then it snapped. <gasps> no. Yeah. Yeah. So things that I've learned about figure arts wrist joints as far as this one snapping, uh, they are a two-parted joint, which is not surprising because of the way that they rotate. Um, there is not enough space in the joint, particularly at this um, wrist size, to, to pin it and uh, reattach the ball. 
Um, the ball joint does not attach to the other ball joint via superglue in a way that's sturdy enough to then reattach to a, a, um, a hand. So I ended up purchasing another figure. Oh. This other figure was a Super Sailor Moon, and it was a knockoff, and I was pretty sure of it at the time, which is fine with me. Because it was only twenty dollars, rather the than the podcast is not endorsed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise I would have been paying thirty-eight dollars for that figure, or I might as well have just paid another fifty-three dollars for another Black Lady. So I got the the um, my knockoff figure in, and I tested the the joint from another Sailor Moon figure, and it more or less worked. This one was clearly a knockoff because the um, the paint up on the wrists and the elbows was flesh tone rather than white as it was meant to be. So fine, that actually kind of worked for me. Um, but then the actual peg going into the hand was a different size. So I had to sit down and think and kind of went, uh, okay, and I think I ended up using um, some plastamate to do that. But before I'd done that, I tried making a Sculpey um, replacement wrist piece from my original, which didn't work out at all. Um, it was kind of slightly misshapen and then snapped when I tried to use it. So... There's another tip at home is don't try and make a wrist joint out of Sculpey. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that was kind of the big disappointment of this figure and yeah. I've worked my way around it. But, I mean, if you're going to have something where you've designed it so that the hand should probably just rotate off instead of snapping, um, I'm not overly fond of that. The way that figure arts do their replacement pieces is you have to be in Japan to be able to order a replacement piece. So... Yeah, so or you have to have uh, ordered directly through um, Bandai and considering that you can't do that unless you're a mass retailer from memory, there's no real opportunity for the individual outside Japan to order replacement parts. So that's my my sob story for this figure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Everything else I'm stoked about with this figure. Um, You got three replacement portraits in addition to the original, so you get... um, kind of a, a nefarious-looking um, smug face. You get a, an open-mouth shouty face. You get a neutral face and you get kind of a placid, cute smile face. Um, you get a lunar pea ball, which is um, something that Sailor Chibi used to keep around with there. Um, so it's interesting that we got it with Black Lady rather than Sailor Chibi, but there you go. If you, you want to put Sailor Chibi with one, you can now do that. Uh, there's the... The Babington racket, which is interestingly done in that the head of the racket is a solid piece in terms of the the actual strings is solid clear plastic, and it's actually just got um, raised bits for the strings. So it actually, you know, you can see that it's a solid piece, but otherwise it would have just been this thing that I'm sure would have snapped at some point or perished. Uh, The shuttle itself is just white and unpainted, which, you know, I'm kind of thought about putting a, a stripe for the tape that normally holds the, the bit of leather over the cork and, and keeps the whole thing together, but I can't really be bothered. I've already um, had enough damage happen with this figure. Um, you get seven additional hands to the two punchy hands that she's fitted with. One of those is for holding the badminton racket. The other is for, one is for holding the shuttlecock. There are two that are kind of outstretched hands. Um, two are for holding the lunar P-ball. And I think the others are just kind of generic to be open hands. There is a um, the standard Sailor Moon Love Heart figure stand that comes with um, personalization for Black Lady. 
There is the sash. There is a stand for the lunar people, which is really just a, a flat piece of, piece of plastic with an indentation in it. Uh, and there's the bit of clip you use to affix the um, sash to the, the back of the figure stand so that it can stand up behind Black Lady. So I'm fine with those. Um, the articulation, apart from the wrist problem that I suffered, is fine. As I said, it can't do the Elaine Benner stance. The hair is articulated. The elbow joints are a little bit meh in that um, they really only allow you to, to rotate forwards and backwards from memory. But, you know, overall... They're, they're fine. Uh, I think that's more or less it. Um, so as a dolly rating, you know, it's a good figure. It's probably about a 9 out of 10 until I have my um, my articulation fail with the snap wrist. I'm going to say <laughs> that is probably not in every single one of them. It's probably a quality control. But for me personally, that takes it down to a 7. Hmm. She's, um, she's very... She's very aesthetically pleasing, like the way they've just done the dress and the long legs and then the hair as well. It's got yeah. Sort of, you know, it's sleek and, hmm, I like hmm. it. Oh, it. It's very good looking. That breakage is obviously really disappointing, but it's, it's a good looking toy for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for that, Adam. It's uh, good to get back into the world of Sailor Moon. And we will take a short break, and then we'll get into another world. Well, we are very used to him bringing up the rear, and he has uh, got double the pleasure for us tonight. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> And it is Mr. Scotty with two awesome pieces. Over to you, sir. Oh, I'm flummoxed. Um, goodness <laughs> me. Now, before I begin, I, I left something really important out of my banter that I just remembered, and that is that mint choc Tim Tams are back, people. <laughs> They're back. <laughs> I'm, I might have to have a look. I have to take I'm, something to work for morning tea. I'm pretty sure it's for a limited time only, so go and grab them while you can. Stock up. It'll never go You'll off. You'll be buying them by the box. Oh, well, I really shouldn't be, hey. So um, <laughs> but I'm, allowing myself, I'm allowing myself one pack. Um, so. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, anyway, okay, now, not as exciting, but um, I uh, have continued to accumulate things, even though we haven't been reviewing them. <laughs> and uh, I'm doing a double header tonight, and this is the... Uh, latest two releases in the Kotobukiya DC New 52 Artifacts line. So the New 52 is over, but the uh, toys continue. Um, and I love these much more than I loved the New 52, um, <laughs> The <laughs> which is zero. Anyway, the uh, so Sinestro and Bizarro, and these both came out at the – well, sorry, Sinestro came out at the – end of last year. Bizarro, uh, I just got very recently, and I'm pretty sure that he has just uh, come out. So if you are not familiar with this line, this is a one-tenth scale line of PVC um, statues, so very light, but still statue, not um, not articulated. Uh, almost really in scale with your six-inch action figures, just a tiny little bit bigger. And what it usually means is that um, these uh, can be uh, displayed nicely 
with other pieces and you can universe build. And that's what I've been doing with the DC ones. And I love um, almost all of them. And they come in a collector friendly ish packaging, which is a, um, like a window box thing that's made out of plastic. Um, it has got character art on uh, two sides, credits on the back, and then an opening on the front where you can see the piece, and it's relatively easy to put that together with the, I call it the reverse clamshell um, thing inside. I'm sure they have a better mm-hmm. name um, mm-hmm. for it. But it's it's very clever uh, what, what they have done there. A nice bit of innovation in packaging, um, and uh, other companies could really pay attention to that <laughs> diamond. <clears throat> um, so... Sinestro, I remember when we uh, talked about him in the news that we went, oh, my, that's an unusual pose. And, um, yeah, it is. Uh, It's just as unusual in person as it looked like in the news, perhaps even more so. Mm. Um, So this is sculpted by Ike Jitsujata. Sorry, I said that wrong. Jitsukata. Um, And I'm not sure what the control art for this was the description of the piece says Sinestro holds his yellow power ring at the ready his left arm reaching back ready to unleash the chaos of the power of fear and I'm really glad for that clarification because otherwise I just thought this was him on his bowling night yeah (laughs) (laughs) like and I was like oh well I suppose you know even um, international intergalactic despots need to have hobbies i don't know um the so uh, uh, like this he, he's bent over um with his uh, right arm back and it, it seriously is the most awkward thing you have ever seen it does not make any sense and when i when i look at these things i just think there were meetings about this <laughs> like the the People sat around a table and went, yeah, let's do that. Like, I, I I, think it's awkward for me now that you sort of really pointed it out it, it, because the natural physiology of a human, if you think about when you're, say, throwing a ball, you, you naturally have the opposite leg forward. So your left leg would be forward if you're throwing with your right hand. And if you're bowling, you know, the same thing kind of occurs. And so the fact that his right leg is forward but then his right arm is also back is is an awkward thing to do. Uh, yeah. It, it just, like, um, the sculpt itself, forget the pose, yeah, it's beautifully sculpted, great uh, detail as always with these, um, really nice mix of uh, matte and glossy paint and... Um, but I, I just don't understand. And, and particularly because this being one of the later pieces in the line, there's got to be 20 of these at least, you know, now, and they are, um, you know, they're not all just kind of bland vanilla poses. They're all, you know, that they're, um, you know, uh, a bit dynamic. Um, but, they don't take up stacks of room. They're all standing up straight, except for, you know, the only exception to this would be the Joker, who's kind of leaning forward a bit with his knife out. and um, mm-hmm. But that's nowhere near as funky as this one. And then to top it all off, um, these come with a, a black base, um, not the kind of clear circle base that they often show these on in promo 
uh, pictures, uh, but they come with a, a black square base, which is quite chunky, and they have metallic, uh, the, uh, metallic color. They have magnetic um, panels in their feet. Oh, I could have just said magnets, couldn't I? Instead of all that pain. And, um, you know, that stick to the thing and they take up a lot of room. And so I don't use them, but he can't stand up without them. Um, I managed to get a photo of him off it and then I could not stand up without it again. Um, so, you know, I, there's already one, uh, which is green arrow, which has a topple factor. But, um, so yeah, this is uh, just, I really don't understand what they were thinking here. I think you could sculpt like some roller skates. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, that's <laughs> maybe he's just not confident on the roller skates. It's either, but just look at like maybe he could be like doing roller skate bowling. Maybe that I would think, be a new sport. Yeah, but it's. It, it's still that awkward thing of, you know, the whatever legs forward, the opposite arm is normally back. Like if you think about the natural um, movement of roller skating as you're sort of forcing your left leg forward, your right arm goes yeah, back. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, you're right, totally. Yeah, yeah. look, I, and I think the thing that, you know, fascinates me about this is that the, the there's obviously been a lot of work that's gone into it. It certainly wouldn't have been a, you know, um, an easy thing to do. Uh, and I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I just don't get it and it's a masterpiece, but not for me. Um, but that brings me to the other one in this set, which is Bizarro. Um, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Bizarro. I have no idea why. Um, but I like, <laughs> I like Bizarro toys and, um, this I think is absolutely stunning. Um, yeah, his new 52 look, um, you know, is definitely not the, the classic, you know, he's got his kind of mohawk thing happening, you know, whatever you think of that. Okay. Um, but you know, it's a, it's an update and the, what they've done with this pose here where he is, um, you know, got a kind of amused look on his face and he's holding a flower, which is, looks like it's dying. I'm not, not sure. Um, and I don't know if this is from, if Eddie was here, he'd say, oh, that's from um, Justice <laughs> of America, New 52, number six. I don't care. Um, the, 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 I love you, Eddie. But the, uh, I'm not interested in the source material of this stuff at all. I just like the toys. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the New 52. Um, the, <laughs> and, but the, just the, the detail on this um, in terms of, what they've done with his, you know, gray skin. Um, ben, do you want me to leave room here to say that, you know, that's not what his skin was like in the Silver Age, or are you good? <laughs> I actually don't mind this new design at all. It's oh, quite just, clever. You're just playing with me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the one to say I hate this look, but that's fine. Yeah, oh, look, I mean, definitely not my fave. Uh, but I actually, I, I have read a little bit of, like, he's in the uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws in Rebirth. Um, and I think they're doing nice things uh, with him because I don't know why I like Bizarro, but I like Bizarro. Um, this is also sculpted by Ikei Jitsukata. Um, so same sculptor of um, Sinistro. And... Uh, I, uh, hopefully he's not responsible for the poses. He just does what he's told. <laughs> um, but 
really stunning. I just think the, the photo, the promo photos do not do this justice. There's something about the, uh, I'm not actually sure something about the, the way that his, um, face has been painted compared to the promo that is a little bit softer. Like it's a bit, I don't know whether his eyes are a bit softer or whatever, but it, the, the promo one to me was a little bit of a harsher facial expression than what's actually come out where he's just kind of got that bemused sort of innocent, um, look. And, mm. uh, that, that, that I'll tell you what, the flower was an absolute bugger to, um, get into the, um, his little hand, I, I was like, surely this couldn't be this hard, but, um, there wasn't really a proper space for it. I had to kind of squeeze it in there. Um, but we got there in the end and I, th- this doesn't need the base to stand. Um, it's amazing. Um, I'm going to give him a 10 out of 10. Um, cool. and Sinestro. Oh, wow. <laughs> I want to, I want to say it's like a four, like, <laughs> I just don't like, I actually, I'm sorry. I actually think it's really bad. I don't. Yeah. I'm giving it a four. It's my review. Four dollies. Hmm. Wow. You know, uh, I'm looking at your photos on Facebook and, uh, I'm a big fan of Sinestro. I think, um, they've done, a pretty good job the last sort of several years of really sort of bringing him up as an A-list villain. Yeah. Um, and I'm also a, a fan of the, the Ethan Van Syver look, I think that sort of amped him up to be uh, sort of menacing, but I actually really like the gold um, paint, that sort of yellowy gold. It's actually almost a, a chrome paint. Um, yeah. Looking at your photos, it's really yeah. nicely done. Yeah. Okay. I actually think this would be an absolutely stunning piece if the pose was, different absolutely i mean that's one of the things that they've done really nicely with this line is use the metallics and the mm. you know, kind of different texture and that sort of thing and it's uh um yeah so it's just a bit of a shame that for whatever reason that was a misfire yeah i, I feel like this is the sort of awkward pose you know how uh spider-man's often drawn in awkward poses I, this feels like something that's jumped straight off the cover of a you know a green lantern comic from the 60s or even an issue of showcase um just that sort of you know the the typical anatomy but with a strange pose to go with it yeah uh, something something anyway bizarro makes up for it in my book i i really love that yeah very cool all right. Well, thank you, Mr. Scotty. That wraps up our third and final toy of the week. And uh, for a uh, podcast that's taken a break, it was fun to be able to get back together and continue <laughs> weekly output. For sure. Well, and I think, you know, the plan is that just from here we'll just see what happens and uh, I'm sure we'll keep making things and who knows what they'll be. Woo! Yeah. It's like a mystery. I'm going to go eat uh, mint chop toontown. Good on you. All right. Well, we shall say our goodbyes and a subtly a fade to black. Oh. How, how do you do that in an audio sense? You just talk like this and you slowly fade off. Um, <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Bye. Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. 
We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, the Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.